0: Welcome. I'm Yvonne Tinsley, and you are listening to Living a Life podcast. But first, a bit about me. I'm a licensed psychotherapist. I hold a bachelor's degree from the University of Virginia, a master's degree from Columbia University, and I attended postgraduate training through Harvard Medical School in mindfulness and meditation. So I've committed my life to helping people live their best lives. And I created this podcast to share what I've learned from my mentors, from my clients, and from some of my personal heroes with you. So let's get the conversation started. Uh, Today's first guest is an award-winning Broadway veteran, actress, singer, writer, producer, Helena Joyce Wright. Miss Wright began her career alongside Ruby Dee and Ossie Davis in the Emmy Award-winning Zora Is My Name. She made her Broadway debut in the musical version of A Man Corner. Miss Wright is the creative force behind Works in Progress Productions, LLC, and is currently starring in the TV web series, The Diva Mom Show. This follows a successful run on the mega hit series *Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl, where she portrayed the very upscale mom of Jay, played by Issa Rae, who now stars on my favorite HBO series, Insecure. Miss <laughs> Wright studied at Howard University School of Communications before graduating with honors from Spelman College she continued her graduate studies in directing at the University of Houston and the University of Southern California. Wow, so that's a lot. Thank you for agreeing to join Living a Life as my first guest.
1: You are so welcome.
0: So tell me a bit about what led you to act.
1: Wow, it was a surreptitious path, that's for sure. (laughs) I um, was headed to Harvard, nice. uh huh, um, on a writing scholarship, and I think that the acting came uh, out of an offshoot of my love of words. Oh wow! I loved books. I loved to read, and sometimes I just couldn't express that love, just. In in the reading, I would want to communicate what I had just read, so that was the organic.
0: Yeah, the kind of beginning. Gets. Yeah,
1: like where do you go when you read a book like Zora Neale Hurston's "Their Eyes Were Watching God"?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: What do you do with that? Yeah. So I had to find something to do with it.
0: Yeah, you had to live the words that you had, had to, to live the words yeah. that I was
1: reading, or try. Yeah. And so, and the same thing was true with me, you know, the singing, you know, was more just another level of expression, another way to express a word, yeah. or a sentence, or an emotion that I didn't have the capacity to write, or it didn't seem to elevate it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that was what started, you know, my mom took me as a graduation gift. To the musical, a chorus line Mm -hmm. where I lost my mind. (laughs) I seriously was, I couldn't sit down, couldn't stop clapping, couldn't stop crying, couldn't, it took me someplace. And my mother was embarrassed, mortified. She'd been taking me to the theater my whole life and she did not know why I was acting so crazy. And (laughs) I changed my major. Yeah from writing to theater.
0: Right, like it was a soul decision. It wasn't like, oh, well this is the field that will make me the most money, this is the field that will give me the prestige. But you have done so much in your career. I I do want to learn, though, because you've managed to make a career in a field that typically devours most individuals, And it devoured
1: me, and and, you know I mean? I think that my, my ascent yeah. Was so meteoric, you know. I mean, it's just everything was asked, answered. I was like, "Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want," to and it, it just was presented to me. Yeah. And didn't claw or scratch or really work hard. It was just there. But the thing is, you know, a man's room will make gifts, room for his gifts. But, but if your character hasn't had a chance to be developed, mm-hmm. the decent is often as quick and brutal. Yeah. So, I have had a career I'm very proud of, Mm -hmm. um, but it's only this second half where it's really come into a fullness and I just just love now everything about it. Yeah. Yeah, That wasn't always the case.
0: Really? What was one point in your life where you had a difficult time um, as an actress?
1: Well, you know, it, it, landing on Broadway is the pinnacle. Yeah. But you gotta understand, I came out the gate with Ruby D, Ruby D and Nancy Davis. It doesn't get any better ever. I mean, I've worked with Merle Streep, a lot of people, but there's never a better actress, believe me, than Ruby Dee was. Um. You start off there. Where you go? Uh, yeah, and then you're on Broadway, and then you're here, and you're there, and you're doing all these great things. And then it's, the properties that come through suck. And you don't want to do them, mm-hmm. so you're a diva, you know. <laughs> and then it's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play that part anymore. Yeah. But it, I think that that was all part of. Of my journey, but it didn't make me feel any less. You know, you're successful one minute, mm-hmm. and then you feel like you're not because you're contingent on external things. It wasn't until there were internal things I could draw from. I didn't have any. I'm Twenty-five. I'm thirty. Didn't really have that much to draw from.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you've actually accomplished a lot. I've already read through your professional accomplishments and you're revered by your peers to be you know, legendary, because you've endured for so Revered long. Revered or
1: reviled, it's you <laughs> be the judge. <laughs> well, the, the more positive right. description. Right. Of, <laughs> I, mean, I won't lose sleep either way. I really won't. Well, I respect you. I think, and,
0: I think that but what but few people know is that you've battled depression. You are a cancer survivor, and you've dealt with grief. So, and this, these are things that most people would have to cope with the rest of their lives. They would, you know, have to almost kind of withdraw from living. But you're not just living now, you're thriving. So what is one skill that you have that makes you resilient?
1: Well, I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, be truthful, I absolutely did withdraw. Uh, it was a, a very protracted period, um, but, but I, I do love uh, something I, I, I heard uh, T.D. Jake say, he says, sometimes when you're, you have to go down in the soil to come up a tree. Mm. And wow. yeah, and uh, that, that was very real for me. Um, I was in a dark place, but I wouldn't trade anything for it now. Cause I came up um, and it took that for me to put things in perspective and I think that my resilience a lot of it comes from things that were spoken into me when I was very young that wouldn't let me quit. Mm-hmm. Um, what things specifically do you remember or recall from
0: your childhood that encouraged you to I endure? I believe that
1: before I was even born my mom was speaking powerful words over me. I believe that. I know that to be true. Uh, uh, so even when the world was like tearing me up and tearing me down, I would just, you know, hunker down and say, no, you're not going to break me. You're not going to break me. But sounds like a conscious decision to... Mm-hmm remain whole and not allow yourself to be broken. Yeah, but I kind of did have to break. I mean, as, you know, as as we've talked about, the years dealing with just retractable depression, just, you know, the, the tremendous loss and grief, um, you know, my mom's voice was one that could always speak into me and kind of get me back on track. And then sh- sh- shockingly, she was gone is that my husband, then my brother, my father. So, you know, it was a season. And it's easy to lose sight in that season, but right during that season, when I just couldn't see anything else, I mean, that really is, this guy's kind of, where God, I, 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 had, I gave him a chance. And, um, and things started stirring on my inside. And all the things that I knew to be, I thought to be true, that I sort of let go of and kind of had given way to the depression, given way to just sadness, the emptiness, and I, I don't even really know what the words are, but you know, I just started, when I gave way to all those things, um, there was this hope, uh, like a renewed hope, and, that started the second win, And now all the things that happened in the first half of my life that I couldn't handle are presenting themselves to me again as an opportunity. And I can see how much different the walk is. Like those things that I could, would frazzle me and throw me off and I was out of sorts. And now it's like, I'm just, in it and centered and and you know through the years of the things that I have been able to learn in therapy things I have been able to uh, incorporate mm-hmm. get a better understanding be able to share talk all of that um, it's it's just has me in a centered place that, you know, come what may.
0: Yeah. After the loss of, you know, your brother, your father, your, your mother, I mean, obviously devastating, but how long did it take for you to feel centered again?
1: Well, I mean, it was a decade, you know, I, 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 I joke now I say, you know, I never want to do 20 again. I would shoot somebody (laughs) if they tried to make me do 20 because I mean I'd have to do 30 and I barely made it through 40 with the hairs on my chinny chin chin. So I'm not interested in doing any of that. Um, I can't... (laughs) Like okay, so the question you were asking me though was, it was about being centered. centered. Like I mean <laughs> that you yeah. know how are you centered in that? You 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 kind of not centered until yeah. you come, you know. Come you gotta you just you 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 walk it out, you know, and then you realize on the flip side, oh. Now I'm the total package. Now the things that I didn't get to work out. It all comes together and you get to share with other people. You get to, you have wisdom. Yeah. You know, you have some weight.
0: What were some of the things that you learned in therapy that kind of helped to you inform well, your, your restoration?
1: You know, I spent a number of years denying that there was a need. Mm-hmm. Um... But that's also because there were just some really kind of crappy therapists out there and I'm I don't suffer fools well, never have, <laughs> never will. So if I'm sitting across from you and you just spewing jargon, you're gonna have a hard time with me. So but but when I was in the presence of a true, true clinician who studied her craft and knew what she was doing and was committed and was committed to helping me see things that I, I, I you know, I had experienced trauma early, you know, you know at, at, at like college age. And I just made a decision to keep moving, keep pressing through so that the big challenge with a good therapist was to just get me to acknowledge that there may be an issue.
0: Yeah, and honestly, that's one of the most important lessons that I've learned in my experience is that we all have baggage Mm -hmm. and we all have issues and we all have this domestic professional tension. but. None of us want to speak openly about it, mm-hmm. and there's a stigma, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, surrounding mental health that discourages us from mm-hmm. sharing our mm-hmm. stories. Because mm-hmm. mental health, for many people, is just viewed as a it's an indulgence mm-hmm. rather than a necessary part of self care. So, mm-hmm. why do you think it's important to embrace therapy? Mm-hmm.
1: Or well, psychotherapy. You know, I embraced an oncologist when I needed one. <laughs> so I never really I didn't make that distinction so much. And I've never really been afraid to talk about it and write about it. And never really did understand. And even in the African American community especially, you know, there's there's just a stigma, like I was considered privileged and and, and as, you know, we've talked about indulgent. Um, like, mental health is a luxury. luxury. Like, being I mean, sane yeah. is a luxury yeah. that only rich people can have. Yeah. Like, poor people have right, to be right, like depressed right. and you walk work, around with their anxiety. Through, press through. Yeah. And I had adopted that because I, you know, there is that thing, I'm not weak. I don't want to be weak. I'm not weak. I'll just, you know, and so, but what happened is, you know, the rubber met the road. I... I was strong and I had pressed on, but part of why I was having such a difficult time coping at a high level is because the you know the the, the the stressors would increase, and it was harder to you know duck and hide and get away you know because the the light was shining so bright on you that everything was exposed
0: yeah. Therapy kind of keeps you from avoiding or forces you to come out into the open so that you can't avoid those uh, negative thoughts and the trauma that you've endured. And you really have to kind of embrace those emotions. It teaches you that you need to confront whatever issues you're dealing with in a very
1: safe space. Well, that's the ideal. That's that. But that wasn't really the, you know, that was the exception. I, I, I. I finally had a doctor, uh, Dana McBroom, and she was phenomenal because she, she knew. And then all she did was commit herself to figuring out what would it take for me to have that one aha moment where I would say, wow, I rejected all labels. And we're like, well, you know, you're dealing with post-traumatic stress. Well, no, I'm not. That's just mumble jumble Cycle babble. that's how I would tell her. But then when I realized that, you know, through journaling and through, you know, why am I doing that all? Mm-hmm. What is that about? Um, then, then the revelations came and it was uh, like live freeing liberating, because now we could get to work, you know. Now we could sit down and say, okay, here's, this is what post-traumatic stress looked like with you. It looked like achieving. It looked like excelling. But at some point I had disconnected, like the things I once did organically. Mm -hmm. I was a great writer, I did this, I, 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 I was never afraid, I achieved things. But then it was more me doing things out of what I once remembered myself to be mm-hmm. than what I was actually being. Like going through the motions. Going through the motions. Cause I remembered that I once had been like this as opposed to actually being. And that was the tragedy. That was that was my moment where it's like, okay, we got an issue here and we need to deal with it so that you can move on. And that's when work started. Yeah.
0: So one of the things I really admire is that you're willing to put in the work. And a lot of people, when they enter therapy, they're like, okay, I'm gonna do three sessions and then I'm done.
1: Right. I, mean, um, I think I might've had that attitude. I think I really did. Cause I, you know, you get jaded, you know, you meet people like, oh my gosh, not another one of these folks gonna sit up try to tell me about me. And, yeah. but then you know you run into somebody who's truly truly committed and and knowledgeable i think i had people who might have been committed but they didn't know you know they didn't did that they hadn't done their homework whatever you know they you know you have one that's committed one has knowledge but you you don't always find the one find find both and but it, you know
0: so right now what would you consider yourself to be Would you consider yourself to be uh, more recovered? Do you consider yourself to be in therapy? Um, What's your...
1: The name of my production company is...
0: Work in Progress?
1: Works in Progress Production. Okay. And that's me. You know, I mean, I think until I leave here, I will hopefully be a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I think I will be learning and questioning and saying, well, where did that come from? Why did that just happen, you know? I mean, while I'm living in the moment, I have some things to catch up on. I was disconnected from myself. So I guess it's, I don't like words like recovering, but I guess I will always be, you know, just dealing with understanding how trauma impacted me. Everyone's different and happy that I got a second chance. One of the principles
0: of the American Center for Holistic Wellness is connecting the mind, body, and spirit in order to live your best life. Mm -hmm. How do you incorporate that principle into, or how do you practically apply that principle Mm -hmm. to your daily living?
1: Well, I... I think that when I look over my life, it's clear to me that I had a pretty good handle. I was, I was always a, I mean, I was a decent person, really a really decent person. I had a great sense of morals and boundaries and things like that, and I tried to do right by people, or what you know those basic tenets. But there's the spirit realm, and that was the missing piece that made it almost impossible. I think that you see that not that the spirit was missing in people like Whitney or Michael or, you know, uh, folks who have struggled in this realm, because if the spirit part is not in balance, what happens is you... You have something so big inside of you and the world just sort of consumes you. And it wasn't until, you know, I had an absolute undeniable encounter with the Holy Spirit that I began to put all three components into practice in this life. Like, not from a book, you know, though I do follow the bible but not like a book of traditions and rules but as a perfect manuscript blueprint for how to live this life out and it's really made all the difference because the more I'm feeding my spirit man you know that's the stronger that muscle is becoming it's so my body's strong my mind is strong but now the spirit is leading as it's meant to so as that becomes stronger it guides me in a way that when my body was leading me or my my own mind there are limitations there are no limits with the spirit none right there's there no and so i have to now just line up and things that i used to have to work hard for i don't have to it just shows up
0: so your spirit the spirit part of your whole self is probably the most
1: resilient
0: part of who you are
1: absolutely because i can't make any i i wish i could take credit for fighting back through cancer. I was a sucky cancer patient. (laughs) I was like, I smoked. I did everything wrong. I didn't think positive. You know, it was almost as though God was orchestrating it, so he knew I would take credit for it. (laughs) If I... I, No, like, seriously. I would have taken credit. I would say, well, I came through cancer because I thought positive thoughts, and I journaled every day. Well, that's not the truth. So it was almost as though it had to play out just like that because... When I came through it, I can say it's nothing but grace because that really is what it is. I started off my cancer treatments, there were 12 of us. There are two of us. Wow. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they say the survivor is one that lives to tell the tale. Well, that's what I do. And that's a huge part of why I was left behind. If I'm remiss in doing that, I missed my assignment.
0: So staying spiritually strong helped you to be physically strong.
1: Yeah, just lining up with it. It wasn't anything I really had to do. I mean, like you said, I, I did do the work. I, I didn't quit on my, I. didn't qu- I didn't quit on myself. But there this, we all have that spirit in us. It's just up to us to start to listen to it and feed it, build it up the way I work out in the gym three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to commit to building that muscle. Yeah.
0: What are some of the things that
1: you do to take care of your spirit self? Well, I I start my day. I open my beautiful blinds. I look out at my fabulous view.
0: <laughs> it's a nice,
1: yeah, nice view. Yeah. Yeah, nice view. And I... Thank God. I start my day with an attitude of absolute gratitude. Like, thank you. Thank you. Um, You know, and what do you, like, okay. Like, Lord, what do you have for me today? What's on the agenda? I know what my agenda is. What's your agenda? And then I do my best and throughout the day. It's not like a ritual I just do at night once in the morning once at night all through the day it's like hey why did, why did I act like that and Holy Spirit you know we talked about this it gives me answers like throughout the day so would I have to ask it if I don't check in with it it's not gonna override my will so I have to stop and make myself say hey why did I just do that or what was that about or that felt weird. Like I said, sometimes people say, "Oh, she's wonderful." Sometimes people say, "Oh, she's like, <laughs> right. she's too much," or whatever, whatever their opinions are. But a lot of times I'll recoil because it's something in my spirit, and then I have to learn. I've learned honored. You know, it's like I don't belong here. I should leave here. So self-reflection.
0: Mm-hmm. That's how you care for your spirit. Not ignoring that little voice inside
1: that that's gives a little, you. That small voice. Yep. And what happens is when you start feeding the still small, when I started feeding it, it got louder. Like, you're talking to me in very audible tones, and the still small voice speaks to me in equally. Don't do that. Don't do it. Now, I can still go ahead and do it, but it did tell me very clearly, not in a small voice either, because... I've built it up to the point where I can hear it. I recognize it, I know this is wrong. I may proceed and do it. i'll you know mm-hmm. but that's only come through practice, through work, and building it up, building it up okay
0: so for our listeners, um for those who might be struggling mm-hmm. with depression, anxiety, or some really a traumatic yeah. uh event what's some advice yeah. that you can give them for
1: uh caring for their whole self mind body and spirit well i, I you know don't I, I i definitely i am because i've had success with therapy um take care of that if you feel yourself being depressed and it's going on for more than a couple of weeks or it's not just a situational thing, you know what I mean? Some of my depression was situational cuz I lost my mom and everything went black. I mean, like seriously black. My mom was my best friend. My mom was my voice of reason. My mom in many ways was to that was was like my higher power. I mean, that she she was who I deferred to. And I didn't defer to many and I was really confident, so I just didn't feel the need to seek out a lot of people's opinions, but hers was the voice I needed. It was gone. And then, you know, everything after that was collateral damage. And, you know, and I think I said, then I lost my dad. So the bookends were there. And, but it was after that that I had to find something else. And I tell people when I do talk about this, that I did continue to seek out a qualified Therapist, trust yourself if it's not going anywhere. Leave them, find someone. There's someone that God has equipped to work with you, and it will fall into place. But don't just sit there, take be proactive about your care. You know, just keep pressing through. And I went through 10 years of this, like, pretty much blackness but on the other side so don't quit don't make a permanent decision out of a temporary problem because it'll pass and you will wish you hadn't
0: okay well Miss Wright I want to thank you so much for you know just being open with us and and sharing your story with our listeners. Um, For those of you who want to uh, visit uh, Miss Helena Joyce Wright's website, you can visit her at helenajoyce.com. And for those of you looking to learn more about the Living a Life podcast and the American Center for Holistic Wellness, you can visit our website at TAC FHW.com.